0: Hello, and welcome to another Executive Spotlight podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Spencer, Editor-in-Chief of CIO Digest and Director of Customer Marketing and Publishing Programs at Symantec. This is part one of my two-part exclusive interview for the April 2008 issue of CIO Digest with Myrna Soto, Vice President of IT Governance and Chief Information Security Officer at MGM Mirage. Thank you for listening. So, uh... Well, thanks, Myrna, for joining us. I really appreciate it. We're excited about uh, being able to, to showcase you on the cover of this issue.
1: My pleasure. Thank you very much for the opportunity.
0: Um, tell us a little bit about uh, MGM just as a whole and how IT fits into the larger scheme mm-hmm. of things.
1: In, in a snapshot, MGM Mirage is a global entertainment and development company. Uh, most of the folks that uh, recognize the MGM Mirage name think of our beautiful properties here in Las Vegas, but we um, have presence in other states in the United States and have joint ventures and things of that nature with um, partners internationally that we are working on. So MGM Mirage, uh, for the most part, you know our primary business is hospitality, gaming, and entertainment. Um, IT is a very strong cornerstone um, to that business model. Obviously, when you consider the different components of the guest experience and the guest servicing in our organization, uh, IT carries um, a pretty strong footing with the organization in that fashion. I'm happy to say that our business partners, and we call them business partners, we call them customers out in our properties, um, have really been um, just wonderful to work with in trying to bring as much innovation from a technology perspective um, into the fold a lot of people think of technology in the gaming arena, and they automatically think of slot machines and things of that nature. Um, but just a, a walk through any of our properties, you'd see that technology is just about in every corner and in, very, in, very, in many different facets. Um, our, our business, again, looking at the hospitality gaming uh, component, uh, we have a very strong retail establishment within our organizations as well, so obviously there's a lot of... Uh, customer-facing and high transactional volume technology that goes into play for those retail mm-hmm. groups.
0: So as you work with the different business owners, uh, as you bridge the gap between technology and their business requirements, how do you go about uh, accomplishing that?
1: Well, um, it's funny that you asked that, because that was one of the things that um, I, I'm, I'm very proud of to be a part of. My, my current role at MGM Mirage for um, about the last year, year and a half, Um, has been in the information security space uh, for MGM Mirage IT. But prior to that, I had the opportunity to lead the establishment of a group here at MGM Mirage um, that we call Business Solutions. And that in itself uh, was meant to serve as that champion and that liaison between IT and the business. We established a, a, a pretty strong framework that looked towards the business verticals within our organization, everything from casino operations to hotel operations, uh, point of sale, retail, food and beverage, etc. And what we did was is that we looked at trying to bring technology experts and technology strategists into these verticals that would serve as the primary focal point for our business partners to interact with. Um That provided them an opportunity to speak to someone that understood the technology, the inner workings of technology, but also spoke the business language, which was extremely important. Um So we've been very successful with that model. Um I was proud to be a part of setting that model up, um, bringing that up and running, um, and when that was fully functional... Um, I was asked to move into the information security space, and we have, we've brought a lot of synergies between those two models to make sure that the business and the, our, our customers understand the value of information security as it relates to the technology that they're putting in place.
0: And your, your, your educational background is in industrial psychology and some other things. I would think that sort of feeds right into your success in that area.
1: You know, I, I often have been asked how... How did I go from um, doing my graduate studies in psychology and moving into technology? And I've and I've always been very candid to share with them, with everyone that's asked me, that I believe I've used my schooling and my education in the area of technology just every single day of my life in the business world. And when you look at technology, I know it's a little bit of a cliche, and folks say, you know, we don't always speak the same language. Um, Utilizing some of the some of the core principles to industrial psychology and understanding human motivation, understanding how people understand different concepts, um, I can I can say that I certainly applied during the days of building the business solutions framework, and probably even more so today in the information security world because this is one area that is very difficult for people to truly understand and appreciate. Um, very often. The security of our organization is considered to be the physical security, the buildings, the locks, the surveillance systems. But when we think about information security and the transmission of our data and our assets, um, sometimes it's very difficult for folks that aren't attached to the technology to understand what that really means. So when you start talking about concepts and projects and investments and things to kind of continue uh, the security framework that we've built over the years, the psychology that I kind of apply, and I hate—I I don't want it to sound condescending, but I, I truly believe that when you personalize things and you have people make that connection, that human connection with what you're doing, it's an easier. I get it.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, security can be very ethereal and, and hard to grasp for the for business owners, right? They they just want to make sure that everything is secure, yeah. and everything else right just flows, just right flows along.
1: along. Maybe not so much an anecdote, but just some experiences uh, with some of my business partners that have been. Um, it, extremely impactful um, has been uh, looking at some of the compliance and security related efforts that we're um, embarking upon, and really putting people in real life scenarios and being able to say, "You see what just happened? That piece of data that just flew from your hand to that system and backwards." You know, let me explain to you what the vulnerability points. Are here and how, how we have to continue to secure it the way we have been and mature this. And I, I just absolutely have gotten so many uh, oh, wow, I never even thought of it that way. And bringing it down to a personal level when you talk about PCI, when you talk about these uh, um security and, and compliance practices that people just, you know, it's like white noise sometimes to some folks. Uh, but bringing them down to it and having them really experiencing it. Is a, is a, definitely been a success for, for all of us.
0: And as you work with your different business owners to essentially educate them on mm-hmm. security issues and and how those relate to their different business issues, are those primarily like one on one conversations, or do you have monthly gatherings? Yeah, How's we um
1: uh, we've had a we've had a plethora of. Um, I I would say I have to take a step back because when I took over the information security group for MGM Mirage, um. You know, had a very strong foundation as far as the security of, of, of our assets, of our systems. Um, but it was always kind of a little bit of a black box. You know, nobody really understood what went on um, in the group. Uh, they understood that there were forensic investigations that took place, and it was kind of like this mystery uh, to an extent. And I and I have to give, I have to give my boss Tom Peck, who is our CIO, who I report to. I have to give him a lot of credit because he he definitely embraced. The original business solutions idea, and said, "You know, we got to keep. We have to keep that same mentality in the security space. We've got to kind of make sure that people understand what we're doing, why, why it's important. So we meet quite often with the executive committee. There is a management committee uh, that I meet with um, on a monthly basis. Uh, we have different programs that we meet a little bit uh, more frequently on. Really depends on what we're talking about." I just uh, came away from scheduling our next quarterly meeting for our PCI program. So there is a lot of interactions at the uh, very senior levels of this organization, Um, and I'm very thankful to say that a huge amount of support where uh, I have uh, colleagues and peers in the information security space that typically have to fight the battle for people to pay attention. And I'm, I'm very happy to say that this organization has been just extremely supportive of all the things that we need to do in this space. Well
0: and then as you've worked on the different projects over the last couple of years, you, you obviously have a huge background in project management yes. as a project management professional. That that I would think has been key to helping to drive some of these different projects forward and prioritizing which ones you're going yeah. to work on which ones need to be put on the back burner. Yeah, Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: You bet. Um, uh, you're absolutely right that the, the Project management discipline, or uh, the practice of project management, um, has been, you know, my, my, you know, it's been my my fabric for fifteen plus years now in, in my professional career. And really, when I think about what we do in IT and, and what we, and even in the business, you know, at some point or another, everything could be considered a project. When you're introducing something new, you're enhancing something, whatever the case may be. Um, and really looking at the core principles of project management was kind of my mantra when coming into the information security space was looking at we've we had a a very strong framework but a lot of disparate data um, uh, a lot of disparate tools that were providing us data in the information security space and looking at all of that and applying the same type of analysis the same type of project management review that we would do with any other project, be it looking at a return on investment for a particular business model or looking at some sort of continuous process improvement from a, from a process engineering perspective. Taking those type of principles and practices into place really is what led uh, myself and the group um, under the information security space to really look at prioritizing what was the largest opportunity for us to bring synergies to what we were doing and how could we leverage a partnership, our partnerships um, with our vendors and partners to kind of bring the tool base that we have, kind of bring it into a smaller subset, but obviously being able to take advantage of better economies of scale. So um, it, it, uh, it worked well because the principles of project management may not have always been focused on in this particular space. Um, when you look at, in my opinion, when you look at information security, there was there has been, and it's now starting to shrink quite a bit, but there has been the boutique point solution for a lot of different areas, whether it be you know uh, data loss prevention, whether it be encryption functionality, whatever the case may be, there was a lot of boutique point solutions over the years, and now organizations are bringing those solutions together bundling them um, so that the investment landscape is a little bit it's a little bit easier to understand number one number two the integration opportunities are so much friendlier now um, and really that's how we approached um, our our previous state to the state that we're moving towards
0: so that sort of feeds into the direction of business process engineering today mm-hmm. as standardization and centralization for efficiencies and risk mitigation and so forth.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. We uh, we have pride ourselves with the fact that uh, the organization um, as a whole has grown extensively over the years via through various methods through organic growth and or acquisitions. And from a technology perspective, um, our charter is to continuously look at opportunities to standardize enterprise solutions. Um, I had the, the, the pleasure of... Already having that type of philosophy in place, and then looking at the vision for information security, and looking at enterprise solutions versus point solutions or disparate across uh, across the organization, it just it just made complete sense to us.
0: So, you've been in this role for. A little over a year now. A little, a little now. over a year now.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it feels it feels a lot longer. I'll say that. But, uh, um, it feels a lot longer. And, and uh, when I first when I first took this role over, there was a standing joke between my boss and I. And I first said to him, "You know, I haven't had a good night's rest since I took this space over." And uh, some folks interpreted that that I was worried about the role, and it was just I was just so excited about the opportunities. Um, that existed in this area. And again, um, we were doing a lot of things. We were doing a lot of, I mean, our security in this organization, we are extremely regulated. Um, we, we had a lot of things in place. We were doing all the right things. It just came down to looking at what I just spoke about. How could we standardize? How could we synergize our, our relationships and our partnerships better? Um, And that was just extremely um, appealing to me.
0: So that was, it sounds like the number one objective is you went into this role from your background in business process engineering, project management, discipline, etc. That was sort of the direction that you knew you wanted to head and you would structure the other projects around it?
1: Absolutely. And right now the um, information security team, we execute on our initiatives the same way we would any other project within the company. and, And that was not always the case when you look at projects that are pretty much self-contained to infrastructure or to technology, um, they may not have typically carried the same charter with the engagement with the business and the status reporting and having the visibility of what we're doing. That we have completely changed. Uh, now we are ex- aggressively marketing the stuff that we are accomplishing. We're bringing the executive committees together to understand the accomplishments that are coming through looking at our audit committee that's a subset of our board of directors. It is a highly supported and very visible area for us right now.
0: And you're, I assume you're probably finding it much easier to validate the business reasons behind the different issues because it's much more of a consolidated, integrated Mm -hmm. approach versus, you know, here's what we're doing in the area of mail security and here's what we're doing in the area of database security.
1: Absolutely. I think um, when, and and I can't quote any numbers obviously, but Um, When I look at, uh, if I think back at when we first started looking at this opportunity to kind of consolidate standardized. There was a significant number of point solutions. There were times where we had over coverage, if if that's believable. Most companies would say, you know, I have uh, a vulnerability point here or I don't have a coverage point here. And that really wasn't the case for us. I think we had a lot of things in place. Whether or not we were um, maximizing the skill sets that we could breed within the the department, uh, whether or not we could maximize uh, opportunities for managed services and other areas of opportunity that would increase our efficiencies, that was probably one of the core objectives to your point before. Let's take a look at everything we're doing and make sure that we're, when we make a decision for mail security, when we make a decision for um, discovery and, and forensics and things of that nature, that we're making them with as much of a consolidated and enterprise view that we can versus allowing point systems to not really talk to one another. Um, and one of the driving pieces uh, for me and some of the things that we have driven for as a, as a team, um, my group and I and, and my boss, we have all looked at this and said, you know, we've, we want to make sure that we're taking the information that we get, the data that we get from our monitoring, uh, from our scans, mm-hmm. um, that we're taking that and that we're actually making something of it other than just the metadata. You know, what are we correlating from that? What are we able to predict? What are we able to forecast? What are we able to see as, a, as an abnormality for one given reason or another? And how are we being as proactive as we can be to kind of head that off at the chase?
0: Yeah. So as you, you started on this track, well, I guess let's track backtrack one brief moment. The the title that you have is IT Governance and Chief Information Security Officer. Mm-hmm. Not all organizations combine those two functions. Can you talk a little bit about the the reasons behind consolidating the two that sure, sure. went um,
1: Around the time that um, we were exploring some role changes, as I spoke before, I had previously head up the business solutions team. The various components to security, there were some pieces and parts that reported into different units. Uh, There was a data security team that reported into one particular uh, unit. There was a network security team that reported into another unit. There was a technology compliance team that reported into another unit. And then Myrna had business solutions, and she also had the responsibility of a PMO. So what we looked at was in the same way that we looked at the individual departments but even our structure you know how can we kind of collapse this so that we're maximizing what we're doing across the security space and looking at our opportunity to make and this is going to probably sound a little sound uh, strange but to make compliance secondary. So what I mean by that is compliance is extremely important to us as a company but if we have the best practice security best practices in place it happens the compliance in the security space happens by itself versus the reverse mm-hmm. and what I've found in uh, meeting many of many colleagues that are in the security space very often the compliance initiatives will drive the strategies versus right. the reverse mm-hmm. um, and that's not a bad thing I mean it's not a bad thing or a good thing but I find that rather than saying we're doing this for socks, we're doing it because it's a sound business practice to do, and oh by the way, it meets SOC requirement X Y Z, and it meets PCI requirement blank blank blank, and it's a it's just a stronger way of being able to say we're doing this because. we're um, going back to your to your um, question, the, the IT governance piece was defined um, not only the governance of the structure of our security practice, but the project management office. The way we manage our technology investments, um, the way that we um, structure the execution of our projects, etc., that still remains under my area of responsibility, which made it uh, very easy um, to acclimate the security space into the project management framework and the project management arena because it was part of the, part of the family, all under my umbrella. So, so the governance piece. Um, addresses the project management component of of our department as a whole, um, and also addresses the technology compliance piece. As I had mentioned before uh, briefly, uh, the gaming industry is probably the most regulated industry in the world, and uh, my technology compliance group manages all of the technology compliance related to our uh, gaming regulators and things of that nature. So it's it was, it was nicely packaged under one umbrella, and, and it made the most sense.
0: And the groups all talk to each other yes. uh, as a result.
1: They do. They do. And, and, and they were talking to each other before, um, obviously, but the, the fact that they all fall under the same umbrella, it's easier because the goals and objectives are at a much more higher level, and they understand why piece one and piece two kind of add together uh, versus my disparate goals and objectives. So... We've done a lot of work in that space, and it's been very successful.
0: So your inverted model of, you know, compliance happens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, what's what's some of the value that you've seen as a result of this type of approach, which is a lot different, as you just noted, than yeah. like, what a lot of IT organizations typically do?
1: You know, I, th- I think the, um, the benefits of it, as I, I kind of touched upon slightly before, is... The, you take away the mystery of why security best practices are important. Some organizations, again, will use the compliance piece to be the driver, but it's, it, unfortunately when you use the compliance piece to be the ultimate driver, then it's a mandate. It's, it's very different. The, the culture within the organization, the understanding, the energy around executing is very different. You have to pay your taxes. Who wants to do that right now? But <laughs> when, you, when you have to do something because, you know, there, obviously you do it. You do it. You meet it. You, you, know, you check your boxes off. You make sure that you have complied and that you're within the legal uh, parameters of it. But when you look at it or you take that stigma away and you focus more on the best practices, what ends up happening is you start branching off and discovering other opportunities that you may have been limiting yourself if you were just focusing on the requirement. If I only focus on the requirement, then all I'm going to do is what is asked of me. If I look at it from a broader sense, I may do X and I may be able to satisfy a bunch of requirements, but I may also be able to add business value. I may be able to add some ease in the business process that maybe if I kept myself in the box, I may have you know inhibited the business from processing or whatever the case may be.
0: Do you have a particular situation where that has arisen, where uh, you are able to discover a way in which you're able to drive value to the organization that may have not happened, or certainly would have been more difficult to identify?
1: You know, I will. I, I would say without you know without quoting uh, you know too many specifics, um, I would look to an example of where we were looking at the management of data transmissions, and in our organization. We have a lot of partners. We have a lot of entities that we correspond with um, in different business units. And um, very often I kept hearing, yes, I understand this is, we need to do this. We need to make sure we encrypt data. We got to make sure that we do these things before we ship it off or transmit it. Um, But it takes too long. It's too cumbersome. I have to get a specialized account, uh, things of that nature. And that was an area where, Um, We quickly looked at trying to streamline how that was all happening and not risk still having the security of it all in place. And it came down to, believe it or not, a business process change. Mm -hmm. It had really nothing to do with the technology, but more about the business process and looking at when and how the technology was being used versus the assumptiveness of I got to use it. So what it, it was kind of like uh, we were overusing something unnecessarily and the business process change allowed for a little bit more flexibility and a little bit more ease and perception is golden. You know when when a business process isn't working well and there's a piece of technology attached to it it's the technology that's the problem. So when you're able to kind of bridge that when you when you're able to try to bridge that with your business partners and where the understanding is well it could not. It could be that maybe the way we configured the technology based on rules, or the way that we deployed the technology based on original requirements, upon revisitation, we're able to get some more efficiencies. And I, you know, without without giving specifics, we've had we've had several examples like that, and I think they're they're big wins for the business. Interesting.
0: Yeah. So as you got into the role and you started to map out some of the key areas that you wanted to address, what 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 were Three or four of the major challenges you wanted to tackle.
1: The challenges I wanted to tackle was uh, going back to data correlation, um, being able to maximize the, um, I'll use the term threat intelligence, um, but being able to understand the data that we were in all of our collectors and being able to aggregate that into a central repository and a central uh, dashboard for lack of a better term that would that was one of the primary areas the second was going back to my theory of if you have best practices in place the compliance will follow is the ability to ease the process of aggregating the evidence of compliance um gathering the evidence of compliance could be extremely cumbersome, and it is. I mean, a lot of companies struggle. I mean, it's so secret. And when when you have to show the evidence to the auditors, you have to be able to kind of prove your test cases and prove your results and your periodic audits and things of that nature. Um, It becomes extremely labor-intensive, very lengthy. Um, So an area, again, looking at the governance piece of my responsibility, how could we streamline that and how could we create a central repository for that evidence. And then the third um, would be around um, endpoint security, and when I speak of endpoint security, um, the traditional endpoint for uh, MGM Mirage is quite expansive. Um, For most organizations an endpoint is a computer, and for us it is, it's a PC, Uh, but we also have other forms of endpoints. And the organization, for many many years, has safeguarded uh, has safeguarded all of our endpoints very very well, and we've been very successful in doing so. But we really had an opportunity again standardizing how that was happening, and because of the disparity of endpoints, you have everything from PCs to point of sale devices, etc. An opportunity to have a centralized policy manager to remediate endpoint protection across all endpoints versus having six, seven, eight, or ten. So those were probably three of the highest level pieces for me. And again, focusing, you know, it's important we focus on more efficient information security technology, but again, looking at more consolidation Mm -hmm. and and really trying to get it, take advantage of what did all this bring us? What did all this data bring us? so the the threat intelligence and that uh, event correlation was very important to us.
0: So business drivers, there's IT risk mitigation or enhanced IT risk mitigation. There's operational efficiencies such as cost reduction, cost avoidance, mm-hmm. operational productivity improvements.
1: Mm-hmm. I, and I would add to that the the ease of compliance evidence. And again, the evidence was always there. It was just the ease of being able to present it. Uh, archive it, contain it, um, and keep it in an automated fashion. You know, we've spent the last year or so um, on strategies, on, on defining our, our course, looking at our uh, our top priorities, being able to market, and I say market because you've, we've got to market within our own organization, but uh, market and gain support um, for the various strategies and the various investments. And now we're at a point where we're Getting ready to execute so we're really excited about that
0: so as you're working on the strategy and mapping out the you know the roadmap and where you wanted to head what thinking went behind how you engaged your different technology providers
1: you know it's uh it's something that i've actually had the pleasure of of talking to john thompson about quite a bit the first time i met john thompson was at um at an ebc in in cupertino and um I had the opportunity to kind of share with the group that I was meeting with, what, what were my drivers? They said, we want to hear from you. What are your drivers? What do you want to do? Et cetera, et cetera. And when I shared that with the group, a number of people said, you just, you just recited John's vision. And it was, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was amazing because when we looked at it, 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 again, going back to the point solutions, looking at that consolidation, looking at the synergies within one partnership, um, it's easy to have 14, 18, 20 different providers and vendors in a particular space. It's very difficult to manage. Right. Um, there's nothing uh, more attractive than surrounding yourself with partners that we can do a lot with. And we feel very strongly about that, not to name any partner in particular, but we, have, um, we feel very comfortable that we have identified a handful that handful could mean four, five, six, um, a handful of partners where we believe there's they're going to be our strategic partners in this space uh, for many years to come. But in looking at those partners, the way these companies have looked at their expertise, where they may have been very good at certain things, but may have lacked in another competency and have reached out in search of where does that competency lie? You oh, know, by the way, I'm going to bring that competency into the fold. So they're, you know, looking at companies that get it. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily have to be all things to all people, uh, but be good at, at a very, you know, a very strong set. We, we respect the fact when companies realize, you know what, that's not really my core competency, but we believe there's a, there's a strong value proposition. There may be an opportunity to look. Mm-hmm. Some of our partners have been very successful in looking at the acquisition space. And really, when I look at the security marketplace just a year ago and what it looks like today, it continues to collapse. Yeah. And that's a, it's a good thing as long as there's still some healthy competition.
0: Symantec manage the residency services and so forth. I know we've worked with you on a couple different uh, initiatives, mm-hmm. just high level. You know what, what? have some of those been? I know PCI compliance is important not only in the gaming industry but across the board. Retailers and others mm-hmm. need mm-hmm. to achieve compliance.
1: We've worked together uh, well on on our PCI program. As you mentioned before, it's probably one of the strongest components from a services uh, standpoint. We've also been able to take advantage of and work uh, tightly with the with our account team uh, to bring residency services into play, and we have a couple of things on the docket for us to explore as the relationship continues to mature and flourish. Uh, we've you know we've got some pretty big projects in front of us, so obviously we have some huge opportunities um, in that space to make sure that we're you know successful in our execution. We have full faith that we will be, and there will be you know further opportunities. We look at our information security group, and it's a cornerstone to the IT shop. It will always exist. It will always be in place, because a lot of people have you know, have approached me and talked to me about outsourcing and things like that, and, and it's not about that. We will always have the group that exists today in some form or another, uh, but we also want to be able to leverage partnerships where maybe commodity type of services can be facilitated through another mechanism, and allow us the opportunity to continue to expand our security presence in the application development area, working with our other software providers that provide us third-party software for a lot of the functional areas and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. So there's, um, you know, definitely an, you know, an opportunity in a global sense that more services um, are on the horizon.
0: This concludes part one of this two-part interview with Myrna Soto. To download or listen to the second part of this interview, visit slash esp soto 2 And for more Executive Spotlight podcasts, visit slash esp